Hello and welcome. My name is James Laws and you are listening to Mastermind.fm episode 42. Don is not with us today, but I am joined with a fabulous guest host, Chris Wallace. Now, if you're not familiar with Chris Wallace, he is not Chris Wallace uh, of Fox News as he has many times been accused because he owns Chris Wallace on Twitter, but he is Chris Wallace of Lift UX, Faith Made, Church Themes, Remote Jobs, and a number of other resources. Really been involved in a lot of different things. He's got a, a, a nice small team doing some really awesome and fascinating work, which we get the opportunity to discuss a little bit about that, as well as discussing some stuff about like remote teams, team culture, year end, looking forward to the year, things like that. So this is a great episode. Really excited to have Chris Wallace on, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Please take a moment to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to get right into this conversation. Let's talk about SiteGround. SiteGround offers fully managed WordPress services on top of a high-performance hosting platform. They offer a range of hosting plans with WordPress-specific tools that are ideal for both new and seasoned WordPress users. Starting with one-click installs, automatic updates, free WordPress migration, developer tools like Git, WPCLI, WordPress-friendly caching and staging, add to that their professional top-rated support for WordPress, themes, and plugins, and you get a hosting service that's a great fit for any kind of WordPress project. Long trusted by the WordPress community for their customer service and reliability, SiteGround was also recently officially recommended by WordPress.org for the quality of their service. With such a strong line of praise, even if you're not looking for hosting yourself, you can still generate some affiliate revenue by recommending a great hosting solution to your clients and audience. Learn more about SiteGround's hosting plans and affiliate options at SiteGround.com mastermind. So we have with us on Mastermind.fm today, Chris Wallace of Lift UX, and, and that's kind of a, I feel like there needs more needs to be said about that because we can see, like you have on your website, uh, partner and creative director at Lift UX, but you have like a bunch of little businesses that you're running. So Lift isn't the only thing you're doing. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So why don't you give us a rundown of all the things that you're doing right now? Sure. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, client work and, and there's a lot of uh, little projects here and there that we like to take on, uh, things that we're passionate about, um, things that kind of drive us uh, as a team. Um, and so a couple of those projects, uh, just really quickly, um, faithmade.com is a CMS that's actually, I mean, it's, it's a multi-site WordPress installation, but it is really meant for nonprofits and churches. Um, and we've been working on that for a year and a half or so. Uh, and then we have remotejobs.com, uh, which we started back in, I want to say March or April uh, of this year. And we've been kind of just running that, uh, pretty low key, but, but ramping up some features and some new, um, new, new products within that. Uh, and then we have churchthemes.net, uh, which kind of feeds into to FaithMade a little bit. Um, we actually acquired that from uh, Frankie Jarrett uh, back in 2014, I think. And um, so we've been running that for a couple of years now. Now, I, I feel like we need to talk about your branding a little bit because, you have, first of all, you have great branding. I, lo- I love all of your sites. I love everything that you're you. doing. Um, and we had Andy Wilkerson on uh, several episodes ago. And I saw that. If we, so you guys had basically did an acquisition or he did an acquisition of one of your companies, Up Themes, correct? Yes, that's correct. 
So now we have a theme here, right? And I want to get, I want, I want to hear kind of the theme from the background. So we have Lyft UX, mm-hmm. we have Up themes, uh, and then we have a little more on the nose, faith made and church themes. Tell me about the background of these brands and brand names and where that came from. Sure. Uh, you know, I think for for the first brand, I mean, the, the first one that we, uh, my, my business partner, Brad Miller, and I um, built, uh, Lyft UX was obviously like kind of the, the genesis uh, of all of these, right? Um, with that one, I, I feel like uh, we really wanted to come in and help people elevate their user experience on their their websites or their apps or whatever it is, whatever the project is, um, because we all know that a better user experience uh, most times translates to more profitability, uh, less maintenance, less overhead, less uh, um, you know, less confusion for for customers, less customer support, uh, that type of thing. So um, that's kind of where the whole idea came from. And if you'll if you ever open something like a, a a box of Oreos or, you know, something like that, there's always a little tab that says lift to open. Right. So <laughs> that word lift, right. You know, it's, it's interesting because that's usability, right. That's user experience. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it kind of is, is a bit of a nod to that. Um, but it's also just the general idea of elevating, um, your, your user experience. So, and, and you carried that theme into your product space when you were doing themes, yeah, uh, with yeah, up themes. Was yes. that was that an intentional? It, it was sort of intentional. I mean, we we definitely we knew what we were doing when we, when we came up with that. Um, we we wanted something that was catchy, that was short, uh, that we could get the the dot com for. Um, you know, obviously, so uh, that was that was all kind of fitting into you know their their up themes because they help you elevate your user experience. Right. So, yeah. um, they're, they're well-designed, they're easy to, to kind of, um, install and use and manage and all that. And so that's, yeah, that's absolutely where it, where it stemmed from. And then you have, you know, with faith made, which is, you know, your, your, your kind of your church made CMS platform that you're working on. Yes. And you have, uh, church themes, which you acquired, and obviously, there is a, a definitely a faith connection, right, with these. Absolutely, which, that's the connection I drew across all of them, right? Lift up, church, faith. Um, mm-hmm. I kind and I only bring this up and and, and as a, as an ex pastor, I don't. All right, former pastor, ex pastor, ex pastor sounds like I got removed, but, <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> but as a former pastor, um, I noticed that theme across your businesses and. And wondered if the, and and wondered what that connection was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, my business partner and I, um, we're both you know Christians, and so mm-hmm. um, there's definitely a level of faith um, that that's kind of the background and, and the foundation for everything that we do. Um, you know, it's not something that that as a company, it's not you must be a Christian to join this company. It's it's really just um, that's kind of what we're passionate about. You sure, know? and and so. Uh, I feel like we've built a team that is empathetic towards that particular audience, um, whether they're Christian or not, uh, they, they, um, they understand the mission and they can really jump in and, and help them with their site rather than, you know, coming in and not really understanding the mission, not really understanding the, the general idea of what are these people trying to do? Um, because with a business, it's, it's similar, but different, you know, when you're helping with like a small business site, trying to get people into the 
you know, into a, a small business like a bakery or, you know, a bank or, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's definite, uh, like strategies and, and things to avoid and, and just things to know little nuanced, you know, things about faith-based organizations that are just different. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, it's definitely, it's not something that we only work on, you know, sure. but, but at the same time we have a passion for it. And so whenever we do get that type of a client or that type of a site or project, uh, we're absolutely thrilled to help those organizations. No, I think it's awesome. I definitely, you know, you can definitely see the connection. There's definitely like this kind of, to use a business buzzword, there is a synergy across your brands in that case. And obviously it's not the only thing you work on because you have some pretty high profile projects. You you work with the AMC a lot. Yes. Uh, you've you've done their, what is, I, I believe they call their second screen experiences yes. for shows. And you've done them for what, Mad Men? Better Call Saul. You've done it for Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. So the the second screen apps. It actually started with WeTV. Yeah. Um, we WeTV uh, approached us, and they basically had this idea where you could basically follow along while you're watching the show, mm-hmm. and see you know images and um, actually take a, a clip of the image or a clip of the show, like a freeze frame, and share that on Twitter. Uh, or Facebook or whatever. And they asked us like, listen, we want to do this, but we don't know how, uh, can you guys do this? And we were like, we've never done it before, but absolutely we can try. Like we, we want to help you with this. Um, you don't, you don't turn that down, right? Like, absolutely um, not. So, so we were like, yeah, let's, you know, why not? Uh, so the first show that they had us do was actually Bridezilla's, um, (laughs) which was a a very interesting first uh, look into the mind of the social media user, right? Um, and so Bridezilla's, we basically built this really cool interface where you had a, a little scrubber that you could go backwards and forwards on and take a, a, a particular clip, like a little freeze frame from the show, and then share that out, um, which was really unique. Nobody was really doing that. And we basically had to run a, a script that would break down the video and take, you know, a certain number of freeze frames every minute um, and spit those out on a server. And this had to be done before the show aired, obviously. But then people would watch the show and this scrubber would actually be moving along, you know, while you're watching the show timed to the the timeline. And so in the background, you know, if you wanted to share something, you click share and then it pulls out that image from that particular moment and then people would share it out. And then there was also the chat aspect where they could talk to each other. And, And most of the time it was people just cursing out the, the characters on the show. <laughs> um, you know, it was Bridezilla's, uh, of course. Of course. So it, it ended up, you know, it was, it was a really uh, big thing for them. Uh, it worked out really nicely. And so they asked us, hey, you know, this worked really well. We want to do it for AMC now. Uh, can you guys do this on The Walking Dead? And we were like, uh, uh, Yes, <laughs> you know, um, and so so we built it for The Walking Dead, and uh, obviously, like that show by itself was one of the uh, highest you know ranked shows out there, even on even on network television. Mm-hmm. It was outranking Absolutely. network television, uh, which is unprecedented. And so we were we were stoked about that, and so we actually built out a whole bunch of different things for them with that one. We actually had all the different images that, that would drop in during the show. Uh, there was a kill count. There was a, like a, a body count, number of walkers killed versus number of humans killed that episode. 
um, weapons. They would show the specs on weapons, uh, all types of stuff, right? And, um, you know, uh, video replays uh, after, you know, some zombie got its head chopped off or whatever. <laughs> um, and so that one was a lot of fun because, you know, we were basically like, we were just pioneering like this whole new way uh, of, of watching television because um, this didn't really like there was stuff out there for this, but this didn't really exist. So it was and, and of course, this was all on WordPress. So it was very new to that type of a platform. Um, it wasn't a mobile app. It wasn't anything like that. Like people would go to it on their, their phones, but it wasn't a native app. Yeah, so I'm a you know I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead, um, as is most of the world, and <laughs> uh, and I remember you know before I actually even knew you guys had built that experience, I remember interacting with it just because I was curious as what is this second screen experience like? Like what's what kind of content is in there? How does it work? Uh, and so I remember going through it and thinking, oh, this is really interesting. I can't imagine the work that, go, get, that would be involved in putting this all together for every episode and, and all, this, all the work that goes into that. And I was really impressed. And then when I found out you guys did it, I was like, oh yeah, like that's awesome. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm assuming, right, like, after doing that initial one for Bridezilla, then Walking Dead, that's obviously opened you up to pretty much all, it looks like, a good majority of their episodes are TV shows. Yeah, so we actually built them a plugin that they can use across all of their um, their properties, right? So right. Um, once we did the Walking Dead one, we moved on to the Breaking Bad one, and we actually got to work with a writer on the show um, in a limited capacity to actually come up with the content and all that. But then we um, we basically gave them that that plugin as a as a tool for them, and so they took that and ran with it. You know, so they were able to implement that across all their their shows. Um, eventually, they kind of took ownership of that, and so they actually started doing all the um, the development of the the front end of it and everything yeah. like that. So they um, I, I feel like they kind of revolutionized their internal process for creating that type of content. Um, using that plugin because they didn't have anything like that before. And, and before they were on WordPress, they were on, um, an old, uh, old school CMS, uh, movable type. <laughs> and so, um, with movable type, like that, that's, that's a pipe dream. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't, you couldn't do that right. at all. So that's awesome. So we've talked about, you know, all of your various businesses that you're, you're working in some of your higher profile, um, projects that you've worked on. What what exciting thing are you working on now, Chris? What's up? What's uh what's in the pipeline? It's a good question. Um, we've got a lot of really interesting projects coming up. If I don't know if you've heard of the Press Platform, uh, the white label uh, hosting solution that mm -hmm. is being used by Envato on their uh, within their network for for hosting WordPress sites. Uh, we're doing some UI work for them, uh, which I'm really excited about how that's turning out. Uh, that's coming up uh, real soon. Hopefully, we'll get that integrated into into their next version of their uh, platform, which we actually use, by the way, to host some of our clients. Um, and we obviously used it when we had up themes, um, and then we we kind of passed that along with uh, everything else. Passed that on to Andy uh, when he took ownership. Uh, but we liked working with them so much that we were just like, you know what? Like we want to we want to continue doing this for uh, existing clients and new clients that we bring in as well. So we use that, uh, and, and so it kind of helps inform like what we're doing in their in their designs, because uh, we know 
we know what sucks, right? Like we're, we're eating our own dog food cause we're using the product. And so I always feel like that's the best relationship, right? Is like, you're working on things that you're actually, actually doing. So I, um, you know, we have, I've been going over all of our, you know, we've been doing our year end review kind of stuff. I've been looking at the numbers, looking at what we've accomplished, um, thinking about the future. What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish in 2017? And, so we've, you know, I had a, we, me, my, uh, my operations guy and my business partner kind of all met for a day offsite and just kind of hashed through what does, what do we want to accomplish or what do we want to see happen in 2017? And, uh, so what we've been working on really is form formulating a plan to actually accomplish some goals in 2017. We kind of, we decided that next year we're going to give the year a theme for the team, like what we want, what are we focused on for 2017 as a company uh, and made some pretty, uh, pretty big decisions as far as what we're going to do. So like, for instance, our theme for the, for 2017 is health and growth. Um, you know, we just want to, we spent a lot of time with launching 3.0 of Ninja forms. We spent a lot of time with um, just, kind of maintaining product last year. We did so a lot of bunch of word camps. We went to a bunch of conferences. And this year we're just gonna we want to focus on us, if that makes sense. Like we want to take uh if you can, we want to have a time of therapy and just work on the team. Uh just be healthier as as individuals, both mentally, physically, emotionally, um, our passions. And so that's kind of what we've been working on. So everything I've been working on has been kind of off product lately. It's really been working in the, on the business uh, specifically. And so that's, that's kind of been, can, been kind of my agenda this last uh, couple of weeks, I think, as we're, as we're going into the new year. Uh, do you guys do anything like that? Like what kind of plans do you guys, how do you guys transition from year end to the next year? I think for us, um, we take we're we're trying something new this year. Uh, we're taking an entire week off in between Christmas and, and New Year's, which we haven't done before. Um, but this year, it just kind of lines up perfectly to where it just makes sense to just you know just be done, you know, wrap things up, close it up. Um, so I, I think if it works out, I would love to make that kind of a, an annual thing and give everybody just kind of a break mentally to to just kind of recharge and and spend time with family. But that yeah, that's something that we always. Um, we always try to reflect back, right? Like what can we do next year to, to make sure that not only are we more profitable, I mean, that's always the goal, right? Is like, Oh, we, we want to make more money in the next quarter. We want to, we want to do better, um, you know, with our margins, all that, um, that that's a given, you know, I mean, that's a good goal. That's something that you have to, to focus on, but at the same time, it's all the little things that add up to that, right? It's like, how do you, how do you assess the health of your team and, get them on the right track, um, as a, you know, as a business owner, like what, where, what's appropriate for you to put in place to help them personally in their, in, in their lives to then, um, kind of be able to recharge and, and feed that back into the business. Right. It's like, how do I, how do I get the team to gel, yeah. um, and, and feel comfortable and feel productive, uh, and be productive. And so, you know, that's something that we're always trying to assess. It's not even an annual thing for us. I mean, for, for us, it's a daily thing. Um, so I, I don't, I don't do an annual review of that necessarily. Um, but when it comes to an annual review for us, it's more looking at, um, 
kind of pipeline like how did how did um how did our beginning of the year start how did our year end in terms of like uh lining up work is there something we can be doing differently that allows us to line up work in the times where we we are having kind of uh, historically having more availability um you know is there something we should be doing in december the previous year uh to to get more work for the the january which always seems to be a little bit down um, those are things that, you know, just cause we, we tend to be overworked right between like, for us, it's like between really like April and October, November, we tend to be really overworked. How can we even that out so that we are more even keeled? Right. I think that's something that we're really looking at and, and trying to figure out how can we fill in those gaps on the, the extremes, like at the end of the year, beginning of the year. Now, sometimes we're slammed. And so like for us, um, we've had a ton of stuff come in here at the end of the year to really set us up to start off well beginning of the year. And so planning that stuff out, figuring out for our team, like, what can you guys handle? What are you guys interested in? What projects should we even take on? Um, and assessing kind of what people are even wanting to do. Um, for us, that's a, a big thing because uh, a lot of times we're in the position where we can pick and choose the projects we take on. Um, and so just... I'm always trying to gauge that from the team and figure out uh, what's going to keep them happy and, and feeling fulfilled and feeling like they have purpose uh, and all that. So, well, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more, but before, before we go on, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break for one of our sponsors. With a veritable universe of interesting content out there, you know there's a magnitude of that content prime for your website or blog. And no matter what your niche, WPRSS Aggregator is here to help. Nearly every web destination, from major news sites to industry blogs, makes their content openly available via RSS feeds. Regardless of your visitor's interest, you can use your knowledge and expertise to choose the best sources, making continuous fresh content convenient and interesting. Functioning as an all-in-one WordPress plugin that makes RSS feed aggregation and content management that's easy to set up and maintain, getting started is a snap with a free version, letting you display the latest news, articles, job postings, and more. Over time, you may decide to add special content, such as full articles or YouTube videos, which is precisely when you'll be delighted in discovering the additional options provided by our premium add-ons. So gather the web and become a proud contender for the finest viewership. Get started now at WPRSSaggregator.com slash mastermind. Okay, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, annual reviews, not even just annual reviews, but just looking back at the past year. Uh, Chris, what's, what size is your team currently? So right now we actually have seven full-time. Okay, all right. So we're actually all pretty close um, because, you know, we have probably, we have six full-time, a couple part-timers, and then my business partner, myself. So we're, we're not all that far off. I just, you know, I guess what I was look, noticing this past year um, we as a company, just speaking of our company, right? We were, we have been busy, but I don't know that we've been productive. We've been, we've done a lot. We have accomplished a lot. We have built a lot of things. We have written a lot of content. We have been busy and we have felt busy. 
And I feel like for us as a company, what I what I've been thinking about is that we really need to slow down in order to actually make progress. Like we need to slow down to actually produce uh, more focus, more care. And this is hard for me because I am a, I don't know about you guys, I'm a task-oriented person. I like having a good to-do list that I can start checking things off. Did it, did it, did it, done, done, done. But I, I started to realize that my role in the company is less one of the workers and more as a coach. I spend more of my time making sure that I'm removing roadblocks for everyone else on my team than just checking things off the list for myself. So I almost have to be better when I look at the end of my day and I go, all right, James, what did you accomplish today? What did you get done on your to-do list? I almost have to make peace with the fact that sometimes that's nothing. (laughs) Sometimes I didn't actually check anything off of a list. My day was spent making sure that you know my the, the the problem that one of my developers was dealing with 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 a maybe a third party collaborator was uh, was worked out and that communications was opened up. Making sure that you know marketing has the resources they need to run that to run that email campaign that they want to do or whatever the case may be, or just being a, a wall or you know a sounding board for people to bounce ideas off of so they can kind of be their duck, if you will, right? Like just to if I just can if I can just say this to somebody, I'll work it through it, but I just need somebody who can listen back and and offer some some criticism through that. Do you, Chris, what about yourself? What a, what do you let me, let me ask you this then. Let me, since we've talked a little bit about, you know, you you've looked at like well, how did our year start and what could we uh, what could we have done this year to produce more? What can we do next year to set ourselves up for success? Do you feel like there's some challenges that you're trying to face in, as a business owner right now that you're personally trying to deal with or uh, where are you at on that? I'm all, yeah, I'm always evaluating myself. I think um, just being introspective in general is always a good thing. Um, I know a lot of people journal. I don't do that uh, personally. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in my head, um, yeah. you know, all the time, and so uh, my journaling kind of happens in my head, which I know people say to get it out and get it on paper, and that helps um, make it feel real and all that. But uh, for me, yeah, I mean, it's it's always a challenge. Um, the the best thing that I ever did was surround myself with people that were great at the things that I'm terrible at. Um, and so every time that I remind myself uh, or, or, you know, take on a task that I know that I'm terrible at, I go, man, I really should have brought somebody else in that is awesome at this because we have a team that is absolutely incredible and, and they have their own areas where they're incredible. And so I have to remember that. Right. So that's part of, of, what I do on a daily basis is figuring out who's great at what and giving them the things, uh, that, that they're great at to, to do, um, for clients, for internal, uh, products, all the, all that stuff. So it's, uh, it's always a balancing act in my head. It's like trying to figure out, okay, you know, I, I'm a control freak by nature. Um, I'm a designer, so everything has to be pixel perfect. And so I, I, you know, I have high expectations, but I cannot force things to be perfect the way that I intend them. I have to rely on my team to follow processes that our company has in- implemented to, uh, to, to make the product better, to make the ultimate output better uh, every day. And so that's my, that's my takeaway. And, and that's been something I've been working on for 
seven years now, you know, since we, since we started this business, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle and I feel like I've let go. And the more that I've let go every, every time it, it has, um, been amazing. Um, not only for our, for myself personally, but for our team, uh, it, it helps them know what they're in control of. And if, if you give them the tools and tell them the mission, then they become leaders in their own right, uh, in their area of expertise. Right. So, um, that's, that's been my focus is growing a team of leaders rather than, uh, a team of technicians that I tell what to do. Right. I, I like, I'm not interested in that. They're not interested in that. And I think that's, that's probably a, a way to set yourself up for either failure in, in the long run or just staying the same and not growing. No, I, I absolutely love that. And I think, uh, I think that's something that I'm starting to realize. I had this conversation with my team, actually just this very morning, we were talking about where the company is going and roles and, and what that looks like. And one of my statements to them was, is I'm not building a business. I thought I was, and maybe when it was just me and my business partner, we were, but now I realized I'm building a team and my team is building a business. I am choosing people, I am developing them, I'm trying to help them grow in their respective areas so that they can build a fantastic business. Less and less of it is me actually building a business. Uh, I've realized what I am the best at on my team now is not being the best at anything. (laughs) Like, I'm just not. What I am the best at, if I were going to actually claim something, I probably on my team have the most experience. And so what that at least affords me is to paint a picture, uh, tell a story, um, give them at least some warning signs to be to, to tread carefully when they are starting something that's uncharted territory for them. Because chances are I have gone through it in some way, shape, or form. And so I can at least uh, share my experience. But more than not, that's my main contribution now to the business is simply sharing my experience. That makes sense. I mean, it's, it's always hard for me. Like I, I love doing, I love building and creating. Um, but I also know that the reason I have a team is so that they can do it and they are best at specific things. And I'm, I've always been, I started out as a designer. I've always been more of a generalist uh, because I had to learn the technical side. I, I fell in love with the development and the WordPress side of it um, after kind of moving into it a little bit. And so I've always been good at all of them. Yeah. I, I've never been great at any one particular thing in that in that chain, though. And so that's the big thing, like you're saying. I mean, I have to let go of that. And really, like you said, I'm, I'm really there to uh, remove roadblocks. That, that's part of my job. Uh, I'm there to keep the quality high in everything that we do, because ultimately when somebody comes to, uh, to, to lift UX and, and it's because of, uh, Brad or, or my name, they trust us. They trust us individually, but they also know that we're maintaining standards across the business that are high because they trust us. Right. And so understanding that is the way to be more successful in actually implementing all those things, um, and keeping those standards high. And so for me, I'm, I'm really, I'm really there just to, to provide my expertise, like to, to basically advise on, 
yeah, we've been through this before. Here's what we did. Um, you know, and, and that is working out really, really nicely. I mean, the team barely needs me. And when they do need me, it's either to fix something that's broken or to advise on, on a problem that they're not quite sure on the solution. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, I think it, you know, I, I think about your team now, you guys are pretty much remote, right? Your, your, most of your team is remote. We have, yeah. So we started out, uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, just me and Brad in a small little office and it was the two of us. And so, uh, as you can imagine, you know, if, if somebody farted, um, <laughs> it, it was, it was rough, right? Like this tiny little room. I just laughed at a fart joke. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a real <laughs> podcast. Okay. We're, we're being real. That's here. right. That's um, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we, we started out just the two of us. Um, Brad moved to Florida and then I eventually was like, yeah, you know what? I'm out too. So I moved to, moved to Texas. Um, we both moved South for forever. And, um, and so then we, um, just basically agreed, let's just be remote. And so that's, that's kind of been where we're at for about six years. Um, and it's, it's been great. I mean, obviously there are challenges to it. Um, but I feel like the benefits far outweigh the, the, the challenges. I think, uh, Matt Mullenweg once, um, said, and you know, I, I have to quote the great, the great Matt Mullenweg once said, but it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, basically discriminating, right? Like, um, to hire locally is to basically discriminate against the rest of the world, right? Like you're, you're limiting your pool, um, you know, by not, uh, hiring the best of the best, the best talent anywhere in the world. And so by, by opening it up to anyone, you know, we don't have to say, you know, we're, we're paying salaries in, in, um, expensive places to live like San Francisco, New York, um, and we can actually hire people that are great at what they do uh, and they can live anywhere. I mean, if they want to move to Hawaii, more power to them. Um, I would love to move to Hawaii, <laughs> um, but I just, it hasn't happened yet. And maybe I need to rethink my priorities. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's great. Now Absolutely I, great. So I think, see, now this is funny because, so you, 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 you kind of talked a little bit about uh, Matt Mullenweg's kind of approach to remote work and obviously Automatic, uh, the company that he runs fully remote, they don't have offices at all um, and they're all over the place. And I appreciate that. And I am not an anti-remote work person. I know people think I am. Um, I do tend to go against the grain in our space because I have chosen to hire locally. Um, and now here is the flip side of that. So to Matt's statement, who, you know, the, the idea of it's, it's almost discriminatory to not open that pool up, I look at it as I am investing into my community by hiring locally. Uh, I am investing in my neighborhood and in my backyard. I am bringing money from all over the world into my town uh, through my business and redistributing it as payroll to my employees who will be spending it in this town. And so there is a level of it for me that I don't necessarily see it as, um, I do see it as a challenge, right? Because you're right, I can't necessarily hire the best talent, right? Because there, yeah. there could be great talent in places that <laughs> obviously Cleveland, Tennessee is a pretty small city. Uh, the number of developers that probably live here, very, very small, and there is no way to know who they are and how to get a hold of them. It's, it's a really, it's tough. It's a, it's a challenging situation, but 
the culture that we build by being all in the same office and working together, I really, really love. Now, I know it's not impossible to do remote work and still have that kind of culture. It's just not something that I know how to do. And so I'm just, I'm operating in my strengths by hiring locally. Um, but it does, it does, it is a challenge, right? Because I have to, that means I train talent more than I find talent. Um, we, you know, we have to build that up. There's nothing wrong with that. I sure. actually really, I actually really like that approach. And if I had the opportunity to start another company um, at some point, I would love to start a company that's fully in office. Yeah. Um, because I love the the ability to build that culture, and it's it's much easier, right? Um, it, it's sitting next to somebody and saying, "Hey, come over here and check this out. I want to show you this this animation I just did." You know, it's it's that just going out to lunch with um, a coworker and and building that camaraderie. Um, I, I love that, and I love the idea of investing, you know, kind of locally uh, as well. And and that's all very appealing. Um, and they're just two different approaches. Yeah, absolutely. you know, there's there's definitely challenges either way. Um, you know, you get a lot of expenses from having a team in an office. You know, there's expenses there. There's overhead. Um, there's also expenses and overhead to having a team that's fully remote. You've got training. You've got uh, company meetups and things to to bring the team together and 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 feel more uh, well connected, and so I mean there's there's pros and cons to each method, um, and in software development it's it's uh, you know it, it's you always want to have more of an asynchronous environment in your in your actual code right where you can create issues and tickets and um, you know all these. Um, like just have a waterfall, you know, process and, and be able to work whenever you, whenever you're online and not have anybody bug you or have to, you know, have to rely on somebody else to get an answer on something uh, for you to get your work done. And you can have that in office and you can have that remotely. Um, so as long as you have those basic principles in play, I feel like there's, there's just pros and cons to either side. And, and there are oh, people yeah. that are attracted to those different types of businesses. There are people that, um, you know, that you'll ask a, a stay at home mom, you'll be like, well, can you come into the office? She's like, well, you know, I'd really prefer being at home so that I'm, I'm there when my kids get home from school or whatever. And that's great. And, and it's, it's awesome that there are options that allow people to be more comfortable. Um, because I know there are plenty of people that are very extroverted like myself that would love to go into an office every day and be around people and be energized by everything that's going on. Um, and that's awesome. That, that's a lot of fun to be in that kind of a startup environment where everybody's, you know, kind of working hard and they're, they're not feeling burnt out because they're all working towards something together to build something greater than just themselves. And so I, I think that that's just like, if that's what you choose, then great. Like, that's yeah. awesome. It's the diversity between the, the, the options like is, is definitely, um, is, is necessary. But that brings up an interesting question. Um, because I, I, I 100% agree. I don't think one way is right and one way is wrong. I think they are both right for different reasons and they both challenging for different reasons. Uh, but you know, we recognize as a company that we are kind of against the grain. Uh, we're not your typical WordPress, uh, you know, business. And so we understand that we're, we're totally cool with that. But I, I am curious from a learning perspective on my part, Chris, what do you do to inject your culture into your remote team? Like how, what do you, what are the things, practices that you put in place that say, this is how I make a remote team work and, and everybody kind of gets what we're about? 
I think, yeah, I think that that's an important thing to make a distinction on is what is like, what is culture? Um, technically speaking, culture is really what you allow, what you disallow, what you celebrate and what you discipline, right? Mm -hmm. So all those things make up the type of company and the type of environment that, that your employees work within. And so when you think about it that way, it's like, what are we doing to reinforce the good things and discipline the bad things and kind of come together as a team to celebrate things that are important? Um, you know, either, uh, personally in our, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, you know, um, uh, personal, uh, work, uh, anniversary milestones, things like that. And then also from a business perspective, um, you know, big, uh, 2.0 release goes out, uh, for, for faith made or whatever, you know, th those are things that uh, we need to rally around those moments. We need to celebrate together. Uh, when we launch a project for a client that took six months and, you know, overworked half the team, right? <laughs> like you need to celebrate those moments because um, whether you're doing it remotely or in, in person, they, they, they deserve that attention, right? They deserve praise when, um, when, when, it's pr when they do something praiseworthy, right? Absolutely. Um, and so I think if you approach it from that perspective, being remote or being local doesn't matter. You can still do those things. And that's something that we're always learning. We're not, we're not great at being remote. Nobody's great at being a remote team yet. Um, it's such a new idea that there aren't any proven systems out there that are just like, yes, this is exactly how you do this. And, and there are no, there's no other way to do it. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's hard because it's like, yeah, there's, there's all this unknown in between. It's like, how do you know that people are working? How do you know that they're working on the project's um, to get them done by a certain date and how can you communicate to, to make sure that everything's on track? You know, are you going to get surprised in two weeks that, um, you know, such a, you know, somebody just decided, Hey, you know, I, I, you know, I can't make it, um, by this deadline. You have to be a very, very good communicator to, to operate in that sort of remote environment. And so I think that's one of the big things for us is, is really honing in on, communication skills and figuring out the best way to check in with people and check on progress and make sure that we're all on track and all on the same page because you cannot over communicate. I mean, you can over communicate, but you can't over communicate. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think that makes sense. And actually that transitions us really, really well because we've talked about a lot of the projects that you're working on, uh, some of the higher profile, all of the, the, the different brands within your purview that you kind of, you've been managing, but there's another one that's, that seems pretty near and dear your heart. And you can hear it as you're talking about remote work, uh, is remotejobs.com. Um, which, as I understand it, is really is a resource to help connect uh, remote-friendly companies and remote workers, helping them find uh, placement for them. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Absolutely, yeah. So we actually had the opportunity uh, earlier this year, we came across a domain name that we were like, man, this really fits who we are Like as a, as a team. like We're really stoked about being a remote team and being asynchronous and working wherever you want and, and still getting your stuff done and being able to live a life that is hopefully less stressful than a lot of the, the nine to five jobs that people are uh, feeling a lot of stress in. And a lot of that's, you know, not necessarily 
going to an office, but some of it is. And so we came across that, uh, that domain and we were like, man, this is, this is interesting. And so we sat on it for a little bit and we, um, we, we made the decision. We were like, yeah, you know what? Like, let's just go for it. Let's, let's do it. And so we bought the domain, um, built the, the, the first iteration, uh, in about a month and a half. Um, and I think the goal for us, it's not just to be a job site right now. Uh, there's a lot of job listings on there, but I think the goal for us ultimately is to overall promote the idea of remote work to employers and people seeking employment as well. So that's that has to do more with building community. That has to do more with um, f- connecting employers with with employees, um, freelance contract jobs, all that type of stuff that that kind of feeds into it, um, in, into that whole like that that whole community. I think that's what we're really passionate about is building that up because we get so many job applications. Uh, when we post a job, it's kind of overwhelming and I wish I could hire them all, but that's not the type of company we are. We're not like this fast growth, you know, huge, hopefully Facebook size company. Um, and, and so we can't hire everybody that comes across, you know, every resume that comes across the desk, uh, it's just not possible. So the next best thing is to help them find work at another great remote company. And so we partnered with some really great um, uh, sponsors for, for the site. Um, Pagely was our, our, our uh, primary sponsor. And so that, that helped us kind of get the first version out and start building traffic to the site and start getting people interested. And our next step, we're actually working on, uh, we have it kind of in a, a, a open beta, um, but remote pros. And remote pros is basically a way for you to sign up for the site uh, as a as a freelancer or somebody seeking full time employment, whatever it is, you can sign up, um, basically fill out a profile, um, put it up on our site, and then employers are able to actually go through and find uh, remote workers for the type of projects that they need them for. So that's something that we just released. Um, it's still kind of in flux in, in a lot of ways, but it's something that we're really um, uh, really focused on. We want to provide a a great channel for people to get connected um, to to potential employers and there's also going to be like kind of a slack community as well involved with that and hopefully we'd like to get the newsletter going as soon as possible we've been talking about doing a newsletter where we actually talk about ways to find um, better remote jobs right that's something that people don't really know how to do in a lot of cases they don't for us we're well connected in the wordpress remote you know company space and so it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, if I needed a remote job, I'd go to this company and, and fill out an application. But not everybody knows that. And so education on where to find these jobs, you know, um, specific roles that have opened up from, you know, people that are posting on our site, we can we can basically extend that out to them and say, here, you know, here's a newsletter that kind of gives you everything you need to, if you want to, become a remote worker. You don't have to go you know, down the street, work at Starbucks and kill yourself over, you know, $10 an hour. Um, and so that, that's kind of the whole goal of, of the site. Yeah. I would love to see, I think another level to that, I would love, I kind of love to see you build out because a lot of remote jobs, right. is from the perspective of the remote worker. And I think sometimes, and maybe this is true of me, right. I, I understand a local business. I understand an in-office space. I know how to run that and manage that. Where I'm weak 
is I, man, I don't even know how I would, how I want to tackle remote work, to be honest, right? Like we have this, conf- this, this conversation in the office a lot where uh, my operations guy says, really thinks my aversion to remote work is simply because I don't understand how to run it and manage it. And there's probably some truth to that, right? Like there is a level from a business administration standpoint that I don't know how I want to handle that. Um, I don't know, you know, every business, businesses are set up differently. Do you, are they all contract workers? Do you set up a nexus in another state or country, uh, and incorporate your business there as well? Like all of the, the, the intricacies that go into that, I think it would be interesting to, to see a resource that says, Hey, if you're a business and you want to become a remote employer and you don't know where to get started, here are some resources to help you do that as well. Uh, Absolutely. So just yeah. to bring our, that around, right? Just to both parties and yes. connect them and say, all right, yes. here's how you become a remote company and here's how you become a remote worker. And then we're going to ha- let you handshake and, and start your beautiful lives together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have, we have some content that's kind of around both sides. So yeah. for the, for the job seeker and for the employer, um, we've been working on content for, for both of them. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's, it's extremely important for, for each one to get educated. Cause I feel like a lot of hiring managers are in the exact same boat. They, they are interested, they're intrigued by the idea of remote work, and they're intrigued by the idea of letting their, their employees uh, work from home one day a week, two days a week, yeah. um, maybe maybe full-time if it makes sense. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's hard. People, people really struggle with letting go of the control of knowing, yes, Jim is in the office <laughs> right now. You know, like when they know that you're just at home, their mind just starts to think, oh man, like... They're watching Netflix like they're, you know, they're uh, doing, you know, they're just doing other stuff. I I mean, maybe they're moonlighting. I don't know. And so there's all these trust issues that you kind of uncover when you realize that um, I have no idea how to manage a remote worker. Like I have no idea how it even makes sense or how to track things. Um, And and yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely different, you know, so it's it's a hard thing to really wrap your head around. I think sometimes I you know, we I joke a little bit. I, I. I think I have determined one of my my reasons why I love working in offices. Our junior developer's name is Kenny Hall. Um, if you've been to WordCamp Atlanta last year, you would have seen the Kennedy uh, around taking pictures with people, and that's Kenny. And I I think I nailed it down to why I love in office work because I said, it, and and every team has them right. I, I I'll describe it this way: you have people that are uh, thermometers, right? They basically take on the temperature of the room of everyone else. And then you have people that are thermostats. These are the people that actually change the temperature of room. Man, when they're up, everyone's up. When they're down, everybody's down. Like they control the environment. Kenny in our office is a is absolutely a thermostat. And I put it this way. I don't want to wake up and go to work in a place that I don't have a Kenny. Like I want, I need that Kenny in my life. Like I just don't want to be in that place. And if Kenny's over Skype and Google Hangouts or Slack, that's not good enough. I want Kenny sitting right next to me at the desk. Like I think, well, you know what? And I think that that's, that's something you can have remotely too. I mean, we have that. I feel like uh, we've, we've got uh, one of our team members, Angela, um, who, you know, she loves rap music. And so like just (laughs) lyrics will just come spewing out on Slack 
And so all of a sudden she's like, oh, wait, was that too much? And, and I'm just like, no, like, I, I love it. Like, I grew up on this stuff. Like, you, can, you can't surprise me with the, the rap lyrics you're about to, to spit out right now. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something like you see personality, but you don't see it as often as you would in an office, yeah, you know, and that's, and that's and, and to a certain extent, it is a shame, you know, because I, I love these people. Like, these are my people, you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I, I would love to see them more. And, and that's, uh, be having an office and being there with them. Like that's the, it's, it's something that you can't really even trade for anything. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show with us and just being what has been really one of our looser episodes, just where we just kind of talk around a bunch of topics, which I really love, uh, about mastermind.fm when we have the opportunity to do that. So thank you so much for being on the show and let everyone know if they're interested, where can they get a hold of you? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Wallace, uh, not the Fox News Chris Wallace, <laughs> but I do have the actual Chris Wallace uh, Twitter handle. Um, and then I also have a blog, chriswallace.org, uh, which gets updated a little less frequently, but I'm actually planning a new set of content there. Uh, I, I'm really passionate about uh, WordPress business owners and kind of helping them grow their plugins and, and theme sales and all that type of stuff. So uh, new stuff's coming out there pretty soon. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and break for another sponsor, and then we're going to wrap the show up. Thank you. Ninja Forms. Minimalist presentation, unparalleled modular design, and limitless extendability. A mighty form builder that seeks to ensure your needs are met. Together with effortless WordPress integrations, an arsenal of supported extensions, and instant updates, you'll be hard-pressed in finding a more rewarding way to accomplish your form-building goals. Rest easy knowing unmatched documentation and an eager team of support ninjas await. Providing you the best tools, service, and resources, NinjaForms vows to be the plug-in that has your back. Swords optional. Get started now at NinjaForms.com. NinjaForms. We make forms look easy. Wow, what a fantastic episode. It was really awesome just getting to hang out with Chris Wallace. You know, I've seen Chris on Twitter for a number of years uh, and never really got a chance to meet him face-to-face, but just met him face-to-face this year in Cabo Press. It was a really neat guy, really fun talking to him. I've known his uh, business partner, Brad, for some time as we've been in a mastermind group together. Uh, We meet on a regular occasion, so it's been neat to kind of see, meet the other side of that, have that conversation. Just a fantastic time. Really excited about the project projects that he's working on and uh, some of the things that he's doing, some of those like uh, extra, um, you know, second screen stuff that he's done with AMC, some of the projects that they're working on, remote jobs, fantastic, faith-made, church themes, all that stuff. Really, really cool. So I hope you'll, uh, you know, follow him on Twitter, check him out, check out some of his sites and find out some of the other stuff that uh, he's working on, he and his team. Really exciting to see that stuff. And again, we just want to thank our sponsors because without this, we wouldn't be able to pay John, who does all of our production, puts all these files together, gets them up on iTunes, does our show notes, uh, and make sure that these, the the podcast is readily available to you guys week after week. So uh, really thank our sponsors for making that possible. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, you can check out mastermind.fm. Uh, we have a link on our site that you can fill out a form and let us know that you're interested. If you uh, enjoy mastermind.fm, we encourage you to head on over to iTunes, leave us a review. We'd love to find out uh, more about what our listeners take away from the show. As a matter of fact, if you have a takeaway, 
leave it in the comments. Every episode, jump over the comments and give us your takeaway because it may not be the same as ours and other people may have missed it. So go ahead and leave us a comment and let us know what you're learning from these episodes. And if you have questions of your own, you can always send us an email at podcast at mastermind.fm. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with me off off of Mastermind, uh, you can do so on Twitter at James Laws. And of course, uh, our guest host, Chris Wallace, uh, at Chris Wallace. So love to hear from you. And until next time, have a great week.